Hello and welcome to The Plotting Shed. You're listening to Rachel McCarty, founder of plotplots.com and author of the book I Want to Like My Garden. Each week, The Plotting Shed discusses different aspects of garden design, but we focus on things that other books don't really talk about. I hope you enjoy this podcast and do please hit the subscribe now button so you don't miss another episode. Well, welcome back to another edition of The Plotting Shed with me, Rachel, and my best buddy H over here. Hiya. Have you had a good week, H? Yeah, pretty good, actually. Very nice, uh, nice you've been, positive. You've been on land this week. You were sailing uh, all of last week. Yeah, back back onto the madness of, uh, of terra firma. Yeah, yes. Helen went sailing for the week of Chelsea because obviously we, we weren't able to, to get there in person. So she decided to go off on the water and then came back to Armageddon with this entire manufactured petrol crisis that we're all in, which is a bit silly, but hopefully that will pass. And if you're listening outside the UK, hello, welcome. Yeah, the British do do daft things occasionally oh don't we just you know somebody said my petrol stations run out of petrol and all of a sudden it was national news 24 hours a day so everyone went and emptied all the petrol stations you couldn't write a more stupid crisis but it all goes back to it actually all does link in with the way that we're all living at the moment it's very indicative of people's mindsets and what we wanted to talk about today was how messaging with gardening really can influence behavior in good ways but also really really bad ways and how it's really hard for the average garden owner to find their way through the different messages because you get the messaging about sustainability but then when you go to try and find plants the messaging is all about consumerism and commercialism and it's really difficult to to find a way through I think this also could be said that you need to look at your garden a little bit or your gardening or your space or your container, whatever you've got available to you, a little bit more holistically. And it's, it is very like your, your own health and it's so integrated with your own health because of the, the, the neurosensory, emotional in, interconnectedness of what's going on when you've got your hands in soil or you're doing something that matters to you in your little space or your balcony. And it's a bit like a kind of junk food analogy, really, um, that you, you could feed yourself with things that are so much more nourishing and, and thrive. And I think we need to look at our gardens in the same way. You need to feed your soul when you're gardening. I completely agree. I mean, the, the, what's happened with the, the petrol, this manufactured petrol crisis, is very much part of the fact that people are focusing on little pockets and, and, and bits and missing the whole. And they're not looking at the bigger picture and they get too focused on one element. And, and actually what it does is it drives higher stress levels it drives problems it drives and it creates this world that we feel that everything's so frenetic and it it's all a bit on top of everyone and no wonder mental health in this country and, and around the world has has suffered and part of it and i know this is going to sound terribly grand but part of it and a big part of it is to do with the fact that we are isolating ourselves as a species from the planet that we're living on having listened to 
the BBC's coverage of the RHS Chelsea Flower Show last week and there were 16 programmes and I watched every single one of them but what I was trying to do was find the messaging that they were saying and I was so pleased this year that there was always a focus on the good that gardens can deliver you, the good that following the natural cycle of the earth and nature and regrounding everybody. Monty Don was saying that for him gardening is personal it's not for others he's basically saying everyone can do in their own way to their own standards to their own desires and likes what is important is that you actually connect it now I said to you when I introduced Helen many many weeks ago very much about holistic well-being and this is something that she's really passionate about in how Gardening is not just something that you do because it's nice to be in the garden. There is a real science behind this, isn't there? Oh, absolutely. And there's been tons of research. So for me, the, the different strands of my life actually collide. They do all come together in a very holistic way. Probably the best part of 30 years, um, I've been uh, training as or working as a naturopath and osteopath and you know whole person health practitioner and the, my basic training right from the get-go was that it was all about the soil and I don't want to get too technical about it now but if the human a human being is a is a, is a an entire biosphere or a, or, a, or a universe we're an app we're a mirror of of the planet so if we have um, a pristine Amazon environment, for example, with the many stories in terms of water flowing, ground level, leaf litter, medium height plants going higher and higher and higher and all the things that live in all those different stories, creating this in this uh, sustainable universe with many, many diverse happy things living in harmony. Well, the, a whole human being is like that. And it starts with our soil which is the gut lining and all the, our epithelial tissue. And we have the equivalent of, a, of a, an Amazon, or we should have. And in it should live all the species that human beings require for health. So uh, there's all the little um, bacteria, of which there are many pounds that should be living in the human gut. But if we destroy the soil and there's nowhere for them to live, we absolutely wreck our health. Without our equivalent of a healthy rainforest in, in our gut, we simply will not be able to produce, uh, we won't have a, an immune function, um, we will wreck our ability to make decisions about things. New science, lots of new science emerging all the time and the big new one that I'm really interested in is neurogastroenterology and how neurologically integrated our gut is with the way we feel the way we behave and the way we think. So we think we're thinking with our head, but when we're making choices about things, it's actually our gut that is driving us. And it's no accident that we talk about having a gut feeling about mm. something because mm. we're talking about an innate intelligence that actually we've always understood, even before anyone invented the terms neurogastro 
enterologist I'm glad you said that no, microbiome which is the current parlance for these things it's been talked about in my world for a very very long time mm. it is the same whether we're talking about growing things and how we look after the soil and all the mi microorganisms and it's the same for us it's exactly the same thing and actually I think you know what what Helen was saying and it, it sounds as though we're not talking about gardening here but but what we're trying to make you wonder or help you understand is that we aren't separate from planet earth we are an integral part of that ecosystem but what we've been doing is we have been distancing ourselves emotionally psychologically and physically from the natural world gardening is something that's in your soul that physical interaction with getting your hands in the soil your body experiencing the microbes in the soil, the bacteria, the fungi, the spores, the textures, the sights, the sounds, the senses, the smells are all actually adding to your internal wellness, not just in the fact that you feel better because you're relaxed and you're doing something. It actually has manifest physical and mental benefits to you and, and as a de-stress for, the, for life, we all need to begin to interact with the garden. And this is something that BBC hammered on and hammered on and hammered on. And they're quite right that, that gardening is good for your mind, it's good for your body, it's good for your immune system. It's good for all parts of, of your well-being. And we need to reconnect. But the problem is that you then go to a garden centre and you've got this idea in your head that you want to reconnect and you want to garden and you want to do this but then as soon as you walk through that door you're in a world of commercialism that's selling you stuff that maybe isn't the right kind of thing and i'm it's all of the sort of the brightly colored flowers they're selling you the equivalent of the the, the, the chocolate beside the till, isn't it? You buy it because it's nice and it gives you a short-term feel-good factor, but there's very little to it. So how can we, or how can you begin to make better decisions? And we we came up with a plan because as Helen said, you've got your gut reaction. Your gut dictates your thought processes, which is a bit weird. We do have phrases like, you are what you eat. Absolutely. You know, the chemicals that the biology releases into your system, I think that's what it is, isn't mm -hmm. it? And it, that actually affects your brain process. So maybe this is why everyone bought loo rolls that their brain processes weren't working properly because we've been on junk food diet. For, sorry, that's a soapbox, isn't it? Get off that one. Well, it's hard not to get on it because it's such a massive part of so much of ill health and dis-ease in society on every level whatever dictionary definition you want for those terms of dis-ease you know absolutely everything our whole personal health is completely compromised by by junk mm. and clutter and consumerism and everything else so we came up with a cunning plan that if you're going and buying plants or you're going into a garden center this is a really good trick we've always said gardens are there to make you feel something Pick up a plant that you think, oh, that's nice, and then hold it in, hold the pot in your hand, and then do you know what you need to do? Shut your eyes. What does the plant deliver to you when your eyes are shut? Mm. Yeah. Can you smell it? What does it feel like? Because if, if, if you're only buying it for the visual spectacle, 
you're buying the equivalent of the chocolate. Mm. And that plant has all its energy and resources that they've used to create that that floral display for you. Have uh, Use resources. They use heat, light, water and everything else. You get it home and those flowers drop off and you lose whatever it was you bought the plant for. So it's got to deliver something else. So we thought this would be just a really useful exercise for you when you're plant buying is that for every plant you buy, it has to tick at least two sensory boxes. Absolutely. And, you know, touch is massively important. And smell is obvious when you're talking about a garden, you know, has it got fragrant flowers? But don't forget, leaves are incredibly fragrant too. So rather than a big showy blousy uh, plants like a geranium for example there are scented geraniums and if mm. you're in a really really tiny space that you're sitting in how lovely to just put your hand out and rub those leaves and liberate those perfumes um, and that that chemistry that that olfactory sense is the shortest route to the brain actually the sense it, yeah, of smell it's absolutely. really really important but I also think for touch and I also think if you've got little ones and we we talked about this on another podcast where you said what can your garden do if you really haven't got big enough space to put a football pitch in you've got this tiny little thing to engage the kids get them out there touching things and smelling things and using all their senses and you are reconnecting them with with the earth and i think also we need to forage as human beings we really need to forage you need to step outside even if it's just stepping out into your balcony and picking some herbs and just eating them or a, yeah, a cherry tomato or something like that, that's reconnecting you and that's a really really good thing to do yeah and I, and I think from certainly looking at Chelsea gardens this year and this is where I think Chelsea in September was a better option for gardeners in general than it was than it is in May is because so many of the garden plants that were being used were far more sensory in the sense that they were tactile there were lots of grasses there that were people would look at and, and i'm sorry but if you're sitting on a balcony and you've got some little soft airy panicles of grass floating around you will touch them you will run your fingers through them so imagine if you created a garden and we said last week that the one of the big takeaways from chelsea last year that this this year was the the, the size of the put the containers that they were using because it gave you more versatility to plant that and because the, the containers are bigger and taller and higher, you, when you're sitting in a small space, that planting is actually at your sensory level. It's there for your hands. It's right next to your shoulders, your face, whatever. So imagine if you only ever bought plants that were sensory and that, that actually delivered something other than a visual flower. So that when you shut your eyes on your balcony, you still got some stimulation. Now, all of this, is saying it's it's about this holistic approach and one of the things that was very important for gardening this year that they've all said is mental health we've all known that from lockdown how gardens became important what we've got to steal ourselves from falling into is the fact that we then try and create this environment in the garden that is fabulous because we've spent loads of money on it and we've had a landscapers in and we've we've ripped everything out and we've done hard landscaping we've gone to the garden center and we've filled it with all of these fantastic looking plants you're missing the point you're missing your gut bacteria we're putting an artificial 
face on on what the garden is and it's if we said anything you know it's find out what you want to feel in the garden and then if you touch a plant or you smell a plant or you you can taste a plant and it makes you feel like that that's the plant that you want in your garden yeah yeah and and i think for little ones we were talking you know going back to what you were talking about before that's what i was driving at just right from the from the grassroots right from being a, a little kid you've normalized that connection with the soil and, and with nature even even in an urban environment i mean that's the subject of another podcast about what we could be doing in an urban environment to facilitate this but right now this is what our plant yeah. plotters can actually incorporate into their thinking when they're thinking what they do in whatever it is they've got and, and the nice thing this year again about all of the gardens in chelsea that there was I think probably the best way to describe it, there was a very definite shabby chic culture that it was okay not to be perfect, but rather than that being viewed as something negative because it wasn't perfect, a garden is a living being. And if, as Helen was saying, you know, you've got children and they want to go out and pick and forage, let's stop trying to make the garden a display that you say, oh, don't touch that. Why can't you have nasturtium flowers that you can say to the kids, you can eat those? Now, can you imagine to the child, you go out and say, yeah, mm. pick that, we'll put that in our salad. Mm. All of a sudden, we're introducing a whole new world, even though it's in a small space. Going back to that, you, you have commented to me on a number of occasions about when we've been wandering around the garden centre or whatever, and you're thinking, people don't realise that that plant is toxic. Oh God! Yeah. So you know there are issues. This is what we're saying. Mixed messages. We started this about mixed messages. And I haven't said this is really unhelpful. When when you're wanting people to reconnect and have a family garden, and you want the kids to get their hands in and touch and really get associated with it, but you've, then you then you've planted something that's poisonous. Oh, so do you can know, they do you know just what? be a bit more responsible about that? And this be... this was one of the. the I I nearly. I nearly fell off, well I spat my tea out, so I can't remember if it was tea or red wine at that time in the evening, I was watching one of these gardening programmes, and which I, I can't stand them because of the, they're all about what is wrong with gardens. And they planted monkshood. Yeah. They planted really, aconitum. Now, really. it's a very beautiful plant, I give you not, it, it's a very beautiful deep indigo blue flower, but this couple were grandparents. They had grandchildren. Monkshood is a flower that grandchildren would like to pick. Mm. Except for one little problem. Every part of it is deadly. It's not a little bit poisonous. It's deadly. And they put this in a TV makeover show being seen by millions of people. And that's all that, that is so much is wrong with this showtime makeover, instant, let's spend £20,000, let's put all these things in your garden. We need to take things back to being simpler and we need to bring things back to being slower. And we need to bring things back to being connected. Slow food, you know, uh, not quick fix food. Um, so maybe slow gardening is another one of those terms that yeah. we could coin. Yeah. Let's let, yeah. Just have a bit of patience and think about all your senses and are you feeding them? I think feeding them is a very good, yeah. Are you feeding your senses? So go out in your garden and literally shut your eyes and see and think 
sorry, I, you can't see if you shut your eyes, Helen. Shall I you can metaphorically words? see. Can I metaphorically see? Okay, go out in your garden and shut your eyes and think about what your garden delivers when you can't see it. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, make sure it ticks more than one box. Make sure you can at least smell it, touch it or taste it as well as look at it. And on that note, we're going to go and have some lunch now. So we'll speak to you next week. Bye for now. Bye. Well, thank you for listening. You have been listening to Rachel McCartain of The Plotting Shed. If you've got any questions about this podcast, please email me, rachel at plantplots.com, or you visit the website. We've loads of different information on garden design and gardening advice along with planting plans that you can download, you can look at the designs that we've created. So do take a look and please do hit the subscribe now button so you don't miss another episode. You can also donate if you go onto the website plantplots.com. There's a little button there saying you can buy me a coffee. So all donations will be hugely appreciated. Thank you very much. Enjoy your week, enjoy your garden, take care and stay well.